It's green for go. They're racing. He says go. He says Tara. And Tiger Tara rolls away from them on the home turn. Here comes another big boil over. Equine Athletics is about its best. The king is in the castle once more. This is in one race. The rest are almost in another post. She is a star with a capital S. It's going to be a triple treat. A miracle three-peat. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed history here at Menangle. What about that? It's getting right up on the sprint lane and it's going to bolt in. Good morning. Welcome to episode eight of the Sprint Lane. Jess Watkins, Freddie Hastings with us as always. Morning, guys. G'day, Paul. We've got a special guest with us this morning. Uh, We waited until we saw how Saturday night was going to play out and it was a no-brainer who we asked to be on the show this week. Unfortunately, he said yes. Welcome, Jack Trainer. Hey, guys. How are we all doing? We reserved a special applause for special people, and I think you've earned it, mate. Like two Group Ones on Saturday night. What a night for you! Yeah, it was. It was uh, an awesome night, and um, probably going to the meeting. I thought I had a nice book of drives, but without being able to pinpoint one that I thought would, you know, be really hard to beat, and um, to be able to snare not one but two Group Ones was, um, yeah, pretty exciting. We, we thought it was going to be one of those race meetings, Jess, where they um, it might go to script, but. If, Stupidly, it never happens in harness racing meetings, particularly the big nights, does it? And, and it didn't. And Jack was the fly in the ointment with two of his horses. Yeah, he definitely was. Things didn't go to script. He scored on a $34 winner and then I cast no shadow at about the $17 mark. So you can never pick the favourites always in racing and that certainly played out on Saturday night. Yeah, great night, wasn't it, Freddie? It was. And, and what you're saying, Jess, spot on. It's In my notes, typical night where we see Ruffies on Breeders' Challenge Night. It throws up every year... Uh, you know, a couple of, particularly in the Breeders' Challenge side of uh, things, and Captain Me was case in point, uh, obviously Len Smith-Mole for the, the open class horses, but in the Breeders' Challenge there's always one that gets up at decent odds. But the night itself was fabulous, uh, right from race one and right through to an exciting finish in the last. We're going to run the forensics on what that race program looked like because we had 10 races and they all had a really um, legitimate talking point. Uh, Jack, first things first, a little bit croaky, big fella. I assume the celebrations haven't been too bad after after two group ones. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm just a little bit under the weather today. Um, obviously, with that last race being at 11 o'clock, I couldn't get out to celebrate on Saturday night, so had to get a little crew together, and we made the most of it and, and done it yesterday. So yeah, I'll do my best to um, keep up with his. I just might be a bit slow, that's all. Oh, I think it's outstanding that you're here. I, I was turning it up with Jack yesterday, and I, I sent him a text and said, mate, just do me a favour, turn up. Just turn up because you, it's going to be hard work trying to find someone else to come on the show. Gutsy effort. Gutsy effort. And, and, effort. Well and not only that, he was here super early. He's done radio with Sky Sports Radio and, and our good friend Mick and already this morning. He's a man in demand and we're, we're stoked to have him. Uh, and I'm glad that you've got a bit of a voice. We've all had some, uh, some vocal-ish. Freddie, you, you had a little bit of a moment there in the call the other night. I don't yeah, want to talk too much out of school. Yeah, one of those little moments where your voice pops. I think it was the excitement. It was the <laughs> great race, Leap to Fame and My Ultimate Ronnie. And I think uh, Leap to Fame or something like that came out at about the 200. Not what you want in a group one, not what you want in any race, but it happened. But uh, fortunately, uh, it held, the voice held enough to get through what ended up being a, a great race. I had a moment yesterday. I had to take my daughter up to the shop uh, to get some Halloween gear, and I, I thought I'll do that, do the weekly groceries. And I love the, um, you know, the chilli salami that you, you can put on a roll, and, I, and the lady said, oh, would you like to try that? Always go the extra hot. I put the, I ate the salami, and, and a bit of chilli got on the back of the throat, and she said, uh, how much do you want? And I could not, could not talk one bit. My voice completely went from a chilli corn. So a little, little tip for you, Freddie, don't eat 
uh, don't eat chili oh. um, suppressor before you're about to call the race. I'm very fussy with what I eat before <laughs> I do a big race meeting. I, I generally, and I didn't really eat much at all on Saturday, but um, I don't eat a, a fish just in case there's a bone. Little things like that, little yeah. superstitions. Little superstitions. Uh, uh, so there, there are a few other things. Probably a wise one, that, that though. What's that? Probably a wise one, that. Not necessarily well, a superstition. Just I was going to say, it wouldn't, move. wouldn't uh, go down real well if you hear thump <laughs> on the bottom of the floor because I've choked down or something. But anyway. <laughs> My daughter said to me, she said, I knew it was hot because you got tears coming out of your eyes. Probably a bit of a giveaway. So what we're going to do, we're going to pour through the Breeders' Challenge night, um, in, in another segment. But first, we're going to have a look at the week that was outside of Saturday night. It's green. Oh, hit the wrong, uh, the wrong button there. Um, so as we said, how good was Saturday night? It was an incredible night. We're going to go through that. If we go through some of the races, um, it was great to see Amanda Turnbull here and a legitimate player in a, in a Group 1 contest here on Saturday night. Of course, we see her all over the state doing amazing things. She had a double at Bathurst during the week. She also had the winner at West Wylong on Friday too with our Princess Kennedy. Now, I was there. It was young Mitchie who won the, won the feature there at West Wylong, their Carnival of Cups meet for his father, Steve, on Myra Dawn. Now, he's coming down the straight. Now, Mitchie doesn't have much hanging on the, um, on, on the, on the arms, but uh, where there's a bicep, he certainly did his best to expose it, the big fella. Um, he was, it, his salute was a flex down the... Uh, it, it was, the, the result wasn't in danger, but big, uh, Mitchie got the pythons out. How do we feel about this? Sun's out, guns out. Yeah, that's right. Get them out. (laughs) And the mare that he won on, little Myra Dawn, she's a little classic. She's so tiny, only pint size, and she always knuckles down and to the job at hand. Would you, would you go with that one, Jack? Would you would you get the, the pythons out? No, nah, it's not really my flex. thing. I don't know if you could call Mitch's um, pythons <laughs> either. They're more like little steps. Earthworms. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. What about a, Here's a marketing idea. We should do a, 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 a you know... Flex muscle calendar or something with all the uh, all the boys and girls. You think we'd have many? many we, we, will we have enough to fill twelve months? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> That's harsh. Jeez. I think no. Jack's, play, Jack's playing possum. He's he's you know got the got the guns going. No, so. it was good from good from Mitch. Um, we saw a great salute. I remember when when we were on the trail of Steve Turnbull's four thousand winners and. Yeah. And Mitch managed to get that one, and he, he really hammed it up and gave a, a, a really beautiful claim for the photographer that night. So, well done, Mitch. Um, Dougie Hewitt, he had a double at Parks on Friday. One that we mentioned in the podcast a few weeks ago after the first of the two Yugara meetings was a lady named Vanessa Bennett. Now, she had career number one at the age of 43. Well, she's come out and done career win number two. She had uh, a winner at Parks. Obviously, as I said, that first was at Yagara last month. So, well done to Vanessa. We love to see those little, you know, they're not necessarily the massive milestones like the great man at the end of the table here tonight who uh, is winning Group 1s, but they all mean something to the people Absolutely. in the industry. And I think it's important that we, that we, um, we put a marker down for these, these achievements. So, well done, Vanessa. Um, Newcastle raced on Friday. Nine races, nine different drivers. Each week we seem to be talking about these multiple mm. results, you know, doubles, trebles, even four or five winners for drivers, uh, or Brad Elder running second eight times on a card. Well, we have nine different drivers at Newcastle on Friday win races. So that's great. Good share it of the prize money. once a couple of months yeah. ago um, on a Tuesday meeting. Uh, I think it was nine races and, and, and or eight races and, and yeah, or each race different yeah. driver. That's oh, good. It's rare. It's a rarity. Yeah, it these is. Days. It is. You know, particularly when we've got um, such high achievers yeah. among our among our drivers groups. So, uh, Brett Woodhouse. When we get back to the doubles, he had a driving training double at Wagga on Tuesday. Cameron Hart. Well, we just keep talking about Cam and how well he does. Not so much on the on the um, here at headquarters at Menangle, but at Penrith on Thursday, he did have a treble there. And Robbie Morris 
had a double at Menangle on Tuesday after we did the show. So, um, you know, we've had achievement going on and that's what we like to see. But again, we've had lots of people, you know, managing to get amongst it, Freddie. So, you know, that's what we want. We've got great racing and the more that the, the love is shared, the better. Absolutely. And, and look, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Vanessa. I mean, at the end of the day, those, those personal victories, you know, winning two races in the space of a month now, that would mean so much to Vanessa. And it's those, those hobbyist trainer drivers that, that really keep things ticking over in, in the sport uh, right across the state. Absolutely. All right. Well, as we said, we had a significant night. Jess, one of the great nights on the Australian Harness Racing calendar, isn't it? Breeders' Challenge night. Without a doubt. It's my personal favourite night on the New South Wales racing calendar, that's for sure. And it certainly delivered. The racing on the track was world class. And we're so fortunate to see those talented horses here at Clubman Angle. Jack, I was sitting here uh, doing the, the Sky Racing Active coverage with Amanda Rando Saturday night. We had Britt Graham as well. And straight away, Britt was out on track and she said, the conditions are good here. This is going to be fast. This is going to be a great night. Did, did you get a sense that we're going to see some fast times even when you arrived? Yeah, I did actually. Even just sort of looking at the fields throughout the week, I, I just thought the horse, the quality of horse that was there and where a lot of them were drawn, it, it just you could just tell on paper it was going to make some great racing and, and it, it lived up to exactly what we thought it would. And um, yeah, there's nothing better than being involved in some Real hard, fast races at Menangle. It's um, yeah, awesome to be a part of. Yeah, Freddie, it was quick right off the bat, wasn't it? We had the Young Stars Invitational. Um, I had all of the, the drivers out here just behind me in the parade ring. We got them all together for a great photo, you know, a group photo, which I think is fantastic to get the, the elite youngs, you know, the next mm. crop together and as a snapshot in time. And they, they turned up and they were, you could tell the enthusiasm. There was a little bit of nervous energy among yeah, some of, of them as well went in and got their photo done. We really tried to make it a special moment. That It's not just about going out and driving a, in a race. We're going to mark this moment for you. And, um, and young Taylor Osman was one that I spoke to beforehand. I'd spoken to her the day before at West Wylong, actually. So she clocked up some miles just to be here on yeah. Saturday. You could tell what a moment this meant to her. She was excited to be part of it. She wasn't on one of the leading fancies, but she certainly... You know, as we, we've said a few times, the horse doesn't know what price it is. Mm. And she came out, she drove that a treat. Absolutely. Look, and that was her first Metro winner, so a big moment in her career. And what a night to do it on a, on, on a Breeders' Challenge night. And often you see these rising star races, these young guns go out in these races, and they, they do tend to go really, really fast. They, they, you know, some of them aren't as experienced driving on this track, but a lot of the young ones that drove in that race on Saturday, they've had plenty of Menangle experience. I guess Taylor, I think she'd only had three Metro drives here, but but that was her first winner, and what a night. And, and you mentioned uh, the winner run phase. Charlie Polisina's done an amazing job with this horse, and once again, without harking too much on it, but just the first four horses in the carousel this year, and it's always been a good horse's race, but your Porter Prince has won a couple of races since. You've got um, the second horse, Tay-Tay, well, she won a Group 2 on Saturday and is just one of the elite mares at the moment. Uh, Heaven on High, full disclosure, yep, in the BPM uh, colours, and Jack uh, has partnered Heaven on High twice for a win. What a great horse he is, Jack. We could actually do a podcast show about Heaven on High. I knew you we know, were going to get ran fourth in that race, and it's come out and won a race. So the format of that race has been absolutely rock solid. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, I was, I was wrapped for Taylor, and you could tell what a moment it meant for her. Um, Jack, as a, obviously we're, we're going to talk a lot about your driving um, achievements particularly in the last 48 hours, but obviously you're a prominent trainer here in the Metro patch. When you look at that race and you go, there's 10 there that I could 
easily just pick any of them and, and feel very confident putting on my horse, I assume. Yeah, it was. It was a, actually a really good bunch of young drivers this year. And um, as Freddie said, sometimes that, that race is sort of run at some crazy tempos and that, but it, it was well rated and there was no no errors being made. And uh, it was a credit to Taylor because I've been in a few races with Unfazed and he, he's obviously got a lot of ability, but he doesn't look to be the most tracked one easiest horse to drive. So for her to be able to drive a, him as well as she did, it's a real credit to her. And um, yeah, it was pretty cool too. So obviously I know her father, Scott, and you could see how proud that he was um, with his wife and for her to win in front of them was awesome to see. Yeah, lovely man, Scotty. I met him for the first time there at West Wylong. He's so, you know, just up for a chat. He was a really good energy about him. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, so well done, Taylor. We're, we're really, really happy for you. Well done. And, and that's a great race. I, I, I love that it's on our calendar every year. So well done to everyone involved. We then saw just the JC Kaufman plate. Michaela Barnes has, uh, has turned this race into her own. That's two in a row. That's the third time she's won it, but she's gone back to back and she won that. Look, she had the favourite, Ideal Escape, but it was, um, you know, there were certainly plenty of chances in it, but she drove that really well. Yeah, she drove him an absolute treat. And around the turn, I thought it could be Leyden's for the taking, but Michaela managed to get Ideal Escape home there. And as you just mentioned, back to back wins now. And she becomes the equal most winningest driver with Royce Gregory in that race with three wins apiece. So next year, who knows? They might be striving to take that title by themselves. I love what it meant to the to the drivers involved. Like there was again group photo out, out outside. I love what Clubman Angle did with the ceremony around it and the real nod to nod to tradition and acknowledgement of of traditional landowners here. Um, lovely smoky ceremony. The the weather was perfect. It just and the sunset was just coming out. It looked amazing. There's some great photos of it. But the drivers really made it a special moment. They they embraced the idea and that the colours, Freddie, they looked amazing. The, the, <laughs> they they the did. Wonderful designs. As a race broadcaster, they, cool, <laughs> I mean, uh, I've got to say, they, they at a distance and, and that part of the night, the sun was low in the sky and I've got to say, um, I was very reliant on uh, a variety of things including helmets and trying to memorise <laughs> helmets um, and obviously uh, trying to sneak a, a look at the saddlecloths. They, it's a spectacle and the colours and the artwork that goes into those colours, is, it's amazing. From a race caller's perspective, it can be tough, I have to say. Absolutely. So well done, Michaela. Um, I think she's going to feel the... She's going to want to keep winning, but the, the more you keep winning, the, the harder it is to maintain the streak, I guess. So, um, Or you could look at it the other way and think, well... She's going to be tough to beat because she just keeps winning. So anyway, in any case, well done, Michaela. It, it was a great result. And I love how happy she was that, that she managed to achieve that. Then we got to the group one. So race three, Captain's Knock won this, Colts and Geldings for Brad Hewitt. Oh, I was sitting here with Amanda Rando right where we are now. And we had our eye on the screen. Obviously, we're not, we can't see it on the track. We're watching the live coverage on the screen. And straight away, both of us went, oh, no, Nathan Turnbull would better be the best. And, and his horse galloped. He had the second favourite going into the race. And it galloped in the score up. And, uh, and we both just, our hearts sank for them. Nothing, not to take anything away from Brad Hewitt and the winner. It was an amazing performance, Captain's Knock. But, oh, the hard luck story. Yeah, Nathan, Nathan and the owner Chris as well. I think the owner had come up from South Australia to watch Better Be the Best, and their hearts must have just sunk when he galloped at the start. But Nathan just rated him to absolute perfection after that early misdemeanor to settle him where he did and just bought his time on the fence there. And as those runners kept popping off, he just kept plugging away there to get home and run second. I'd love to see what his last sectional was, but he's definitely a horse on the rise. Well, the winner went home 
post to post, uh, four hundred to the the post twenty six nine. Um, better be the best has gone. <laughs> Ridiculous off the chart sectionals. Uh, it was a great drive by Brady. How do you pinch a thirty point nine quarter in a Group One? <laughs> that that for a second split after going twenty seven seven. That blew me away for a start, and I thought then he'd be hard to beat. But when you consider that better be the best, ran it to two and a half meters and probably another twenty five meters, it, it wins the race. Uh, best thing I saw all week, I'll tell you later what it is, but I'll give you a clue. It's the best thing I saw beaten all week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, It was just the most amazing performance. And it's very hard. And I had Brad Hewitt on Sydney Radio uh, yesterday, and I said to him, look, it's very hard when you win a Group 1. You do not want to take anything away, one iota away from the achievement. And that horse is a real tradesman, Captain's Knock. He's just a professional. But, gee, it was hard to ignore the run of better be the best. Yeah. What's that like? I mean, horses are so unpredictable, Jack. You can do all the work, all the lead up, prep them to a tee, and then that happens. Yeah, it can, can be a cruel sport, that's for sure. And um, obviously you don't wish it on anyone in, in any race, let alone probably one of the biggest races of Nathan's career. And he obviously had the horse trained to the minute in and, and great order. And for that to happen, you can only feel disappointed for him. And um, Captain's Knox, a horse that I absolutely love. I've loved him from the start. He's a beautiful pacer. He's a beautiful type of horse. And... It probably just takes a little bit of the gloss off his win because everyone's talking about the second horse, but um, it was also awesome for Brad Hewitt to be able to get that horse to win that race as well. He said that he said in the interview with Britt after the race, he said, oh, I, I wasn't sure where better be the best was, and then I was talking to Nathan, and he said, oh, no, I galloped, oh, I was out of it. But, geez, he wasn't out of it by much. No, no, and I saw Nathan later in the night, and I just shook my head, and he looked at me, he said, Freddie, I don't know whether to be ecstatic at the run or cry about the run you know it's just one of those bittersweet moments for him because he knows how how enormous the horse went uh got a feel for him but yeah you can't take anything away from captain's knock and i think for memory that's brad's uh fourth group one driving win and his third training win at group one level yep and uh you know and and another one for the the triple play syndicate yeah the jared croker leads up but we had some of the connections of of that of Captain's yeah, Knock yeah. here, yeah, Tommy, uh, Tommy Berry was that. here. Tommy in the crowd Berry, Sam Williams Sam were Williams here on here. course, and I think Sam actually picked Tommy up in the celebrations <laughs> in the excitement of the moment. So that Good was pretty stuff. cool to see as yeah, well. Fantastic, well done, guys. Um, you know, Group Ones are a, a, a major moment in, in anyone's life involved in this industry. So well done, and uh, again, please don't think that we're taking anything away from no. the winner, Captain's Knock. With that, look, uh, Captain Me, then Jack. Well, this this must be nice to talk about to reflect on. I mean, we're we're uh, what less than forty eight hours since that happened. Um, so you've had time to to think back on it. Captain Me was so good in the in the heat early, and probably I said to Amanda in the coverage that maybe maybe the answer was right in front of us all along. We just kept finding kept trying to find a reason why it couldn't win, but it, on the biggest stage, it came out and, and did the business. Yeah, that's right. She um, Obviously, her, her win in the heat to beat Madrid was super and probably from that run, they probably thought that Madrid was hitting the wheels and probably brought herself undone a little bit. But um, she probably just hadn't showed her best form at Menangle like she had on the smaller tracks. That's probably why she sort of drifted in the market. And uh, to be honest, if I could sit here in line and say I was confident and I thought I could win, but really it was sort of hard to try and work out we'll see a scenario where I did beat a horse like Sino or Madrid. So I definitely thought she was a good place chance with the right run. And, um, yeah, pleasantly surprised she just went a bit better. Yeah. Uh, th- what do you think? Did the draw hurt Madrid or maybe oh. Madrid was just 
maybe at the end of a campaign. Or at the end of the day, you draw out there on a group one, you're always up against it. I've got to pay tribute to Jack, but and he deflected nicely there. But I thought his drive to find where he find the position he found with Captain Me. You've done a great job with her, um, Jack. I mean, she, she sort of she was always nice, Philly. Uh, she won the Oaks at Bankstown, and since then she just seemed to have really stepped up, and she's found a degree of toughness. Would that be fair to say? She's found this tougher, ment- whether it's mental as well as a bit of physical uh, attribute. Yeah, she has. She's she's been quite quite frustrating. I've sort of, from the minute I've had her, I've always said to her owner Mick Harvey that she's got massive ability and she'll follow all day. But I just couldn't get her to pull out and chase uh, like chase horses and. Um, we sort of run out of options and me and Jack Brown uh, sort of put our heads together and we thought we'd just try a set of block eyes um, with holes in it and it's the only thing we've changed, it's just made a hell of a difference mm. and it's just been the making of it, she just, just a simple gear change on her head and she now you pull her out and she really digs deep and she's a lot more tractable so I just wish I, I had them on her about eight months ago. <laughs> Was there a moment in the race Jack, because obviously Steno, Steno got out in front and, and probably looked pretty difficult to run down until... Probably just in the closing stages, Steno, you know, probably probably just folded up up a little bit. Was there a mo- at what point in the race did you think I'm a chance here? Well, probably wasn't until right right before the line because obviously she had the exact same run last week where I sat on Steno in the semi final and um, when I went to pull her out, Steno sort of kicked and and I, I sort of ducked back onto Steno's helmet and I thought, oh well, that's probably we had our chance to beat her and. Um, she felt the pretty much the exact same. Maybe travelled a little bit stronger on on final night than the week before. But I just thought once Steno had such a cheap run in front for the first half, uh, my main aim was just to try and hold her back as long as I can and and hope to run second really. And then at the top of the shot, I thought, oh, you know, she's actually travelling pretty strong here and pulled her out and she sort of actually moved really quick, which was um, then I thought, oh hello, we are a bit of a chance here. And so it probably wasn't until a hundred metres I thought, oh, you know, we're, we're there. So. It was a pleasant surprise. I, I would have been quite happy to tag Steno's back and would have been wrapped around second, so it was a big bonus. Ideal in dreams was strong late too. Josh Gallagher took the drive there. Yeah, a massive run there. My black booker last week, just to note yeah. as well, just getting beat by Jack Can we there, have a round of applause, for, <laughs> please? Well done, Tess. Credit where it's due. She was absolutely massive, and she's blue eligible as well, mm. being by Warrawi Needy. She won the race last year when she was trained and driven by David Druitt, so who knows, maybe in two weeks' time, that could be her race there. She might get that group one. Could you see Ideal and Dreams coming? <laughs> I could, actually, yeah. yeah. I, I could hear Josh Gallagher and... Um, so yeah, Cameron. I actually had her earlier in her prep, and um, credit to Cameron Ross, he's got her absolutely flying. And obviously, um, I'm sure they would have loved to have won on Saturday. But when you've got the Breeders' Challenge Blue coming up, that probably her grand final. Um, although Madrid will be now eligible too, so it'll make another good race. Yeah. So just to come back to that point, what? How do we reflect on on Madrid? I know we we mentioned the draw, Freddie. Was it was it as simple as that? That you know that. That the chances of winning were gone pretty it's early tough, in that race, yeah, and therefore yeah, the result we could probably just put a line through it. She was she was beaten, you know, a length and a oh, probably two two and a half lengths, nine a bit over nine meters. Um, she's too good to ride off, and, and you, you know, reverse some draws, bring her inside a few horses could have been a different result. Um, but it'll be interesting to see in the aftermath what uh, what Jared has to say. But I, I wouldn't be writing her off. She gets a decent draw. But I think, yeah, yeah, yes, the simple answer is I think the draw, yeah, and they're crucial barrier draws, and that made a bit of a difference. And yet, you know, we're about to talk about a couple of races where barrier draws looked bad for horses on paper, and yet they performed incredibly. Yeah. Well, 
the, the main one that that, that uh, applied to was probably leap to fame. Yeah, drew drew out wide, and that was that was jaw dropping stuff from leap to fame. Fred, it must have been a. a I know we've we've talked about the excitement <laughs> through the call, but but it must have been a pleasure to call and a, and, yeah. a, and a moment in your career that you'll go, wow, well, I was here and I got to got to put the soundtrack down to that one. Yeah, look, I, it's a privilege, my job. You know, I see these horses go around at the top level and to be part of it uh, in a small way, just to describe what I'm seeing. Um, and, and as soon as they came away on the turn, it was wow. He and I got I got goosebumps, in, you know, because I realised what was about to happen, um, and. When they stopped, and, and you knew they were running ridiculous time, and uh, they you know, went out in twenty six three. They've come home their last half in fifty four two, um, broken the the uh, one fifty, um, and he came away after you know, drawing um, eight, then having to be three deep to get around them, then parking outside Ronnie, and then they had this great stoush up the straight. And, and again, you take nothing away from the second horse; he's he's a, a terrific animal, uh, my ultimate Ronnie. Um, but yeah, it was a great race to call. I'm sure those that you know, watched it, there was a lot of social media chatter about the, the win of Leap to Fame. And I'd, I'd have to say, and I actually did tweet that I thought you know, in, in my 13 years back calling harness racing, uh, best three-year-old, and I've seen some really good ones in, in that time, but I, I have to rate Leap to Fame right up there. Yeah. Well, Brit, Brittany came back into the studio actually and she said, that horse is amazing. It's, it looks like you could go again, Jess. Yeah, he's just... Absolutely incredible, that horse. He's probably going to be a horse we're going to be talking about for a long time. To think to win three derbies in a season is just incredible. But to do what he did here on Saturday night and the way he did it, he definitely leapt, leapt to fame there. You were out there on track, like actually on the track. Okay. How was it? Like yeah. leap to fame came Un- past. It's just unreal to see him. And the week before I got up right close as he was returning into scale and Grant's just so humble about it as well that he has potentially the best horse in the country right there in his care. And He's so managed well, he isn't is, he, this horse? He's yeah. managed him really well. Yeah, he factor. has. Every every target they've had this season, him and Kevin and Kay Seymour, they've just absolutely nailed it and come away with the yeah. trophies. So I can't wait to see him come back as a four-year-old. And, of course, we've heard him talk about as a top chance for the Eureka. And I think after that run on Saturday with the Eureka run here, he definitely has to be at this stage in time. Jack, it was the race that... Most people were most excited about seeing that three-year-old Colts and Geldings final. And no matter where you looked, everyone kept trying to find a reason why Leap to Fame wouldn't win. And yet the market was firmly in his corner. And I think he went. I think he ended up at a dollar thirty-three. Sort of fluctuating around that dollar fifty to a dollar thirty line. We were watching it in the in the last few minutes before they before they went. Um, was it just like among the, the drivers and trainers? In the stables, were you guys always like, that's the one everyone's going to have to beat? Yeah, I think so. And uh, with these good horses, they just always find a, a way to win. Even, you know, they, they can pull you out of a bad spot or a bad draw. And, and he just done exactly that. And, you know, not many horses could have done what he done on Saturday night. And it's probably one of the biggest runs I've seen um, to make a mid-race move in a sub-150 mile. was just unheard of. You, you don't really see that happening anywhere in the world, really. And... And for him to pull away in the end, he's just he's just a great horse and he just has that will to win. Okay. Well, Leap to Fame, as you said, did draw wide. One that drew even wider was Major Delight in the two-year-old Phillies final. Um, and again, this is another one where on the back of the draw, we kept looking for reasons why Major Delight wouldn't win. And it was peaceful that went round as the, as the market elect. This was incredible for Major Delight. Now, one of the things that people 
kept referring to from the semi-final win was, look at the ears pricked on this horse. It's, you know, it, it's in such fine fiddle. Well, we saw it again the other night, Fred, and it was just a remarkable performance from... I think one of the most exciting emerging stars of the of Australian racing. That was just breathtaking. Um, she's six from six now. Um, her last half, fifty four um, six, sitting parked outside a very very. Let's take nothing away. You know, uh, Peaceful's a very very talented filly. So and and just by the by. Uh, uh, one all, Jess, because I did. Applause uh, to Freddie. I, I, I was stuck solid say, with Major Delay. I, I was in the piece with him. Yes. I thought you were going to belt me up a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> but um, yeah, look, she she's unbelievable, um, and just in the right camp to to just yeah exceed and excel from here. I, I thought it was an outstanding performance. Um, she won by five point six going away. Um, she ran away from you know and, and sitting parked, and she's. You know, that time of uh, 150 and 3. She actually betted her own record that she set in the semi. She betted her own time there by two-tenths. So uh, what, what else can you say? Um, she is quality with a capital Q. Yeah. Sky Blue ran second. Peaceful did hang on to run third. Mm. We've got some really exciting young fillies mm. uh, for the Savion. next generation there. And got to mention, what about Savion's yep. run? Well back, stormed home in that race. Yep. Incredible performance. You're right. Those first five fillies over the line there, we'll be seeing a lot more of them uh, as the uh, you know, balance of this season and into the three-year-old season. Exciting crop, aren't they, Jack? Yeah, they are. And to be honest, I actually didn't think that Major Light could sit outside peaceful and, and beat it. I thought with the reversal of the draws mm. that the probably that the result would be reversed. And um, Peaceful's a horse that I, I think she's an amazing filly and for... Emma Stewart's runner to be able to sit outside her and run away from her again. It was an incredible performance. And, yeah, those two will have some really good battles coming up like in the New South Wales Oaks and that and later on or early next year. Peaceful and Steno both had similar performances, both, both Cam Ross. Do we take anything out of that? Oh, you're still going to be happy, I think. Yeah. They finished, what, two-thirds? Frustration in a is frustration. what I'd take yeah. out of it because he's, he's done such – you know, he's done such a good job. But also, let's not forget um, that he also had – Second I'd, as I'd well, so yeah. he's had he's had th- three placings in Group Ones. I'd be probably frustrated because they were real chances, but yep. on the night were just beaten by better potentially better drives and and just horses that were going better. Major delight. Uh, I thought it was a, it was the drive he had to produce. Mark, he, he he had to. When we discussed it last week in our preview show, at some point he had to make his move around them, and he did. And I, I must admit, I'm thinking that the, the tempo they're going, gee, she's going to have to be good to win. A little side note there, a major delight as well. Her mum actually won the two-year-old mm. Breeders' Challenge final back in 2009, Lady Athenia. And she was a good good filly. Yeah, and bred now and owned by Peter Lewis. So a bit of connection there for the yeah. breeding side of things. It's fantastic. Uh, well done to everyone involved with Major Delight. I did. I, I forgot to mention before when we were talking about Captain Me. I, I'm sure you did too, Jack. I got the text message from Mick Harvey straight away, <laughs> your beauty or something like that. So, <laughs> and, and that's the great thing, you know, that that owners have their moment. You know, we can talk to Jack about what it felt like to be yep. on the horse, and and Jess, you, you're there, you know, witnessing it. Freddie, you're calling it. 
But it's the owner. Like, what a, what a, what a great knows moment. how much I love those colours that uh, Jack wears uh, with mixed horses, those beautiful fluorescent yellows. And I always uh, think back to that night th- through the fog here when uh, through the doom and gloom out come Mick Harvey's colours and Captain Me and, uh, and and Jack poking through. But of course, uh, uh, King of Swing, of uh, King of Swing fame with those beautiful uh, colours uh, that he used to wear back in the day. But um, yeah, they're, they're a great set of colours. <laughs> Speaking of driving for owners, um, Jack, you won the next race and you called out the owner straight away to put a party boat on for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're talking about the Len Smith Mile and you, you won that with I Cast No Shadow and straight away you were thinking about uh, being out on the high seas. Yeah, well, and she, she actually managed to FaceTime die after the race. Um, Brittany Graham put the phone up in my face and I did make mention that to her and she did say that when we get to New Zealand, we touch down, there is going to be a hell of a celebration. So... <laughs> Um, well yeah, she, awesome. she's an awesome lady, Die, and she's uh, like, hilarious at some of the things she comes up with. And uh, yeah, she can still throw a party, so I'm looking forward to getting over there and enjoying <laughs> that one. Well, look, um, I think you've earned it because I cast no shadow was enormous in the Lensmith Mile. Gee, clock some time too, one forty eight eight. That was you know we talked about fast times on the night, and um, this was this was um, serious gas that we saw. Honolulu Bay made you work for it, though. That was that was a really, really strong performance. Amanda Turnbull took the drive there, and that was a, an epic stoush down the straight. Yeah, it was a massive effort, um, by, both by Casa Shadow and Honolulu Bay, to cop all that pressure and, and still be there all the way to the line. It was, it was a massive effort, and, uh, yeah, I'm just glad that Pete McMullen did do a bit of softening up for us, and we were the benefit of it. So when you went into that race, Jack, I mean, I, I Casa Shadow's been a seriously good horse, hmm. but probably wasn't most of the tipsters sort of in the, in the top three, um, you know, but what were your thoughts going into that? I mean, you, you reflected on on Captain Me and you thought we're going to have to, things are going to have to go our way in order to be in the money here, but if we can touch on the Lensmith Mile, what was your thoughts going into that race? Well, I know Jason was really confident with him. He obviously, um, it was probably for me, it was hard to get the weeks, the last weeks run out of my head. I think me and Fred talked before the show about that and, but Jace did t- take a blood on him and seen that he was sick. So um, he's a pretty good judge, Jason. And although I'm forever giving him a bit of slack for overrating them and, and tipping them, tipping everything, but to his credit, he keeps proving us wrong. And um, yeah, he just needed that right run and everything just worked out perfect. But I was, to say I was confident, probably not be right, but I just knew he'd go a good race if he had the right trip. Well, he did because you put him in the 1 1 in that field. That was critical. And, and like you say, Paul, that's his third sub-150 win. And he's fired a real shot across the bow as we're about to head into the, uh, the carnival of miracles that he is a contender for those races when he can produce times like that. Um, you know, 54 um, and a half coming home and a, another sub-150, that's his third. Uh, but it, it must have given you a good feeling being in that position with those good horses around you. And, there, and, and we should also remember, there was, uh, I'm just trying to, uh, a quick, uh, scan probably three horses in that race that have placed in Miracle Miles previously. Yeah, it was, I was actually quite lucky because when Majestic Cruiser scrambled for a few strides and three fence become available, it crossed my mind for a couple of seconds that maybe I should go there if we're going to run the whole way and that, you know, probably um, Pete McMullen's horse probably can't get me into the race far enough uh, if they do go, you know, crazy times, which they did, but... 
uh, the fear of being unlucky on one of Jason Grimson's horses was overruled <laughs> that, so I thought, no, bugger this, I'm going to stay off. So, um, yeah, it worked out well like that. But, uh, Does you yeah, get a little cross-check when, when things... <laughs> no, it never gets crossed. But all I'll say, you, you, can never overdri- you can never overdrive one, but you can underdrive right, one. Okay, he he gotcha. likes them getting their chance, and, and they go accordingly. So, um, yeah, only a bit of tongue-in-cheek, but I thought uh, <laughs> definitely did cross my mind. You two are great mates. You're saying that the feedback to you is a little bit different to uh, someone outside of the inner sanctum circle. Oh no, he's pretty good. He, he does. Everyone that knows Jace is, um, knows he's pretty casual. He, he mm. honestly doesn't have a care in the world, so he just loves turning up and doing his Trains thing. Trains three winners too. We, we sort of must remember that yeah. you know, on the night he had a good night himself uh, at the office. Uh, yeah, did Jason. What about Zeus Bromack? We've talked a, bit, a little bit about Zeus Bromack on this show, and particularly when we had Blake Fitzpatrick on a few weeks ago. Absolutely, flew home. Did did, did she did she know Zeus Brobank was coming as yeah. hard as he did? Oh, I could sort of hear Gavin, could hear the whips cracking and that. But he's a great horse, Zeus, isn't he? He's um got great speed. He's great follower of pace, and you know with with the right trip, he's so lethal. So he's going to be another horse. I assume he's in the Inter Dominions, is he? Uh, yeah, he yeah. Is, he is. Yep. He yeah. Won a golden oh, he ticket did too. Yeah. 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 He, he's definitely not out of something like that. He's a little nugget of a horse, and I'm sure that like the three runs wouldn't worry him. Mm. So. Yeah, I've got a lot of respect for that horse. I, I really like him. So where do you see I Cast No Shadow going? Freddie's already alluded to the to the carnival um, early next year. Uh, do, you, do you see I Cast No Shadow, that being what he gets set for? Yeah, I think so, especially off um, Saturday night. I think he is going to go to the Inter-Dominions. Um, obviously, you know, it's hard to refuse him to go at it after that. And uh, he's another horse that the three runs in a week wouldn't wouldn't hurt him either because he's... Obviously a stallion, he carries a lot of weight and he just the way he races, he's so beautiful to drive and relaxes in his runs. He, he doesn't sort of knock himself around too much. So he's another horse that um, hopefully I'll just keep Cam Hart out of the bike again and might be able to go down and drive him. <laughs> so, Jack, within, within the space of somewhere around an hour and a half or, or less, actually, um, is, it, is it too much, to, too far-fetched to say it, it kind of was a bit of a life-changing moment for you? Two group ones in... Yeah, you know, literally within the space of an hour. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say it's life changing. We're yeah. not we're not racing for galvan prize money, but yeah, um, yeah it, it's awesome. It's an awesome feeling. It, it makes um, all the hard work, the early mornings, and the long days all worthwhile. And um, yeah, and not just for me, for my staff. I, I, you know, it was a great thrill for my whole stable. And um, yeah, it was it was definitely a night we won't forget. So when you you turned up here earlier in the night, I mean, you would have got here, you know. Four o'clock, five o'clock, something like that. Did you turn up thinking, I might walk away with a couple of group ones tonight? No, not exactly. at all. Exactly. No. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So when you when you reflect back on it now, have you have you kind of taken a moment to absorb how what you achieved? Yeah, so probably uh, sort of normally just sinks in the next day more than anything. I suppose when straight after the races, you're getting a lot of texts and calls, and every you know the adrenaline's still quite high, and everything's sort of happening 100 miles an hour, and and then it's not till the next morning when you're sort of, you know, on your own and just can ref- sit back and reflect and watch the replays and, and see a bit of the social media stuff. And that's when you sort of think, well, you know, that, that was a great night and, and that's what it's all about. So, yeah, it definitely has sunk in now. Group ones are hard to win. And, oh. you know, you, if, you, if you can turn Races up... Races can be hard to <laughs> win. Exactly. You turn up and you can win one, you, you're probably pretty yeah. happy. But doing two in an hour, I, I think, you know, you, you might be underselling. That's nine now for Jack. Yeah. Nine, nine group ones as a, as a driver, so uh, pretty special. And yeah. plenty more to come, plenty more to come. And two on the one night, that's uh, even better. 
And what is it about the Lensmith Mile? I mean, last year we saw the Black Prince win it at 100 to 1. You know, we, we see one that's not, not necessarily at the top line of betting this race. Is there something about this race, Fred? That, or is it just the quality across oh. the board that the market has to, has to zero in on some and they're all probably as, as talented as each other? Yeah, look, I think the, the fact that a lot of them are coming through with other targets down the track a little bit in mind as well, uh, that, that's a factor where you get a, it becomes a op- more open race. Um, as Jack said, if, if, if I cast no shadow had gone and, and wasn't sick and had have, you know, performed a bit better in that preceding run, you, he would have been a lot shorter. It was just that run, I think, a lot of people... A lot of the uh, uh, better, uh, you know, punters and and the bookies, they they just you know, pushed him out in, in odds. But yeah, you know, that's three three sub one fifties. He's a serious racehorse, and, and probably was over the odds in the context of his capability. Um, I just think that the Lensmith Mile, the timing of the Lensmith Mile, lends itself to be a more open race. Um, and you've got horses that are going to deviate down for Inter-Dominions or focus on Inter-Dominions and some, in some cases, New Zealand Cups. Uh, Majestic Cruiser, uh, an uncharacteristic little error at the start, and uh, uh, he's, of course, uh, you know, uh, touted as being a chance going, uh, uh, you know, in New Zealand. So Yeah, and that, that's what I wanted to ask, Jack, just a quick last comment on that. You've been to that, that event. It's a massive event in New Zealand as big as it gets in the in the equine industry in New Zealand, the New Zealand Cup, uh, Majestic Cruiser has committed to that race. How do you look at the Lensmith Mile and now moving into that? Yeah, well, it'd be fair to say he probably hasn't had the best preparation going into a New Zealand Cup, but um, it's also so hard. Like, It's hard to get a guide on how he really went on Saturday because obviously you can't afford to make any errors when they're going 148. Um, even though he got down quite quick and still had a good run, it just you just can't do it. Just if, whether it knocks their confidence or it just um, you know just just it completely changes the way that they feel. So it's probably yeah, like I said, it's fair to say he's probably not going in with the ideal prep, Jace. But um, one thing I've learned is you definitely can't count him out. And he's if any trainer can pull something off like that, it's definitely him and that horse. So. Yeah, I'm obviously going over to cheer them on and um, hopefully you can pull it off. Yeah, and and, a, and an entire state here in New South Wales will be mm. cheering them on yeah. from afar. He's only beaten two lengths, eight metres, yeah. but, you know, given the nature of the race and the, the times they've run, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say he's not without a hope over there. He's, yeah. uh, he's a good horse yeah. and let's, a miracle mile place getter. Let's hope he travels well and, and all goes to plan. And uh, like I said, the, the entire state will be, uh, be cheering him on from afar. So best of luck to, to everyone involved with Majestic Cruiser. Uh, we moved on to the four-year-olds then the, at Group 2 level. The Entires and Geldings better isolate and cashed up at a, an incredible stoush down the, down the highway. And uh, look, better isolate got the money but had to work hard. Certainly wasn't as easy, Fred, as it was in the, in the semi-final performance. No, it wasn't. It was a similar run, um, a lot of similarities, but uh, cashed up really made the horse work. Only uh, he got in by half a neck, but again, he's broken 150. Um, so... Uh, he, he can only do that. I think he's just a horse that has plenty of upward scope, better isolate, and we're going to see uh, him improve. Uh, cashed up, Brados lad, they all did good jobs. And let's get Rocket and Artillery from a fair way back hit the line hard. But it was one of those races. Um, they got home in 26.7. They went out in 25.9. So the, the, the speed was set uh, cracker by uh, high voltage. Um, it's a similar run to last week, but uh, cashed up uh, yeah, made him work for it. 
Jess, the one that we were all waiting to see how she would go, Tay-Tay and the four-year-old mares, uh, this was... This was epic from Tay Tay. You know, we, we, we had high expectations, but she certainly delivered, didn't she? She won that, she won that by 14 metres. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on Jack at the runner-up with Orchid Stride in, in a moment, but Tay Tay was super impressive. She was. As Freddie spoke about earlier in the show, she is one of the top mares going around mm. at the moment, and she was super, here impre- super impressive here on Saturday night, and there was a blank space next to the 2022 <laughs> honour roll and Tay-Tay got her name in there. Nice, nice. <laughs> I think I ran out of puns, uh, Tay-Tay puns, uh, the other night on the coverage. But I threw one in the call yeah. over everyone's head. Oh, no, we <laughs> got it. Oh, you got <laughs> it. Just ignoring it, choosing yeah. to ignore it. Okay, no. thank you. Um, Jackie, you talked about Majestic Cruiser before, saying you can't afford any mistakes in a, in a race where they're going that quick. I, I assume... In that race, it was probably, I can't afford any mistakes if, if I'm going to beat Tay-Tay. There were no mistakes. She was just too good. Yeah, that's right. She's, she's a really good mare, Tay-Tay. She's got great speed. Um, she's strong. She just ticks all the boxes. And um, I, I thought that to give my mare her best chance at earning earning the best possible check and best possible run for her was to sit on Tay-Tay and, um, you know, try and hold onto her back as, as long as we can. And I think that, um, I don't think Cam even moved a muscle on her and she broke 26 for her last quarter on the bit. So, yeah, I was really happy to run second with uh, Orchid Strike. She's done a great job and uh, just run into one better. You loomed. Like, you, you sat on her back there and, and was there a moment where you thought, all right, if I go now, I might get past? Yeah, I was, I was trying to stay in for as long as I could and um, the minute that I tipped my mare out, um, that's been... Tay-Tay accelerated and I sort of lost ground but yeah, maybe at the top of the straight there was a, a slight inkling I thought oh she's travelling pretty good here but um, yeah just credit to Tay-Tay she's just a better mare. Fred that's been the sort of the, the trademark of Tay-Tay through this series hasn't it that when Cam says let's go she has got that sharp turn of foot and that's that acceleration. she showed it in different ways you know she chased absolutely she chased she's, in the, she's in the qualifier. A bit like Brave You Kelly yep. um, she comes from behind can lead but what I liked about her, he gave her a bit of Rain, she took off, put you put you away at, at about the 150, and you talked about biceps earlier. Cam, he was he fair dinkum. You could see his. He had such a big hold on her. She could have won. I think she won by 14. Was it? Yeah, uh, yeah 14. Could have probably won by 20 if he wanted. It just had such a tight hold, and she's got home in 25.7. Like as Jack said, breaking 26 home. I think that the last quarter record's 25.3 or something like that. And he had a he fair dinkum had her under an absolute vice like grip. It was incredible. Yeah. And she's like we talked about the the mares earlier. That the caliber of mares that we've got, you know, coming up uh, in some of the features is just ridiculously incredible. Uh, best of best I think I've seen. Do you know if Grimo's got? Any major plans for Tay Tay? I think she's actually going back to Alex Ashwood in Melbourne now. So um, I assume that she obviously they sent her up to Jason for this race, and um, I assume that they'll just uh, take her back and bring her up themselves um, February time for the Leadership Mile. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see her back here at headquarters because she's you know, she's a star, and uh, and she certainly is um, is one that. You know, we can we can throw out all the all the Tay Tay puns and everything like that, but but her performances are, have just been you know incredible on the track. She's been a delight to see her go through this campaign. So, and then we rounded it out with a Group Three Trotters free for Caligula broke naughty boy. <laughs> hey, we I, 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 I had I visions of you down here <laughs> in the fetal position because your favourite horse Caligula galloped away. Very uncharacteristic. Yep. 
And, uh, yeah, once that happened, uh, he was an old-time waltzer, uh, couldn't get into the race. Uh, and for the birthday boy, David Morris produced a perler with Fan Sank. Yeah, that, that was a good good performance. Like it, it was it was a night where we saw swoopers swoopers come along and and you know and and hit the line hard and and that's how how we ended it too, Jess. Yeah, it was such a good battle up the straight with Outer Baron Crescent. You didn't know which one was going to get there, but Van Sank just got it on the line. And I saw Shannon Price. I was watching up from the media room, and Shannon Price and her team around her were absolutely ecstatic to get the win. And while they're campaigning down here in New South Wales, so congratulations to them. So we can take a breath. We've had two months of Breeders Challenge. We started in the in the first couple of days of September. We're now at the last day of October. We We've, we've been through a, a wonderful campaign. We, we, we knew it was going to be. We, we hoped and it certainly delivered. And, and those fields that we saw on, on finals night um, were probably almost fields that if we could have wished up a dream list, you know, before the, before the series started, who's going to qualify and be in those Group 1 finals. Um, that's probably pretty close to what we would have come mm. up, come it up with. It was all the, all the top seeds got through. It was, yep. it was one of those strange... Uh, situations where the big guns got through uh, with with one or two very minor exceptions um, and as a result they delivered on finals night yep well it's probably a, a perfect segue into the best thing we saw this week because for me it was to see that, that the standard of performance here at headquarters was was unreal um, the other one that I was going to reflect on was was around seeing West Wyalong have its carnival of cups day that they, they had a bit of a fashions in the field uh, theme going on, so we, we saw some people make an effort there. But to, but the stables were full, and the and the smiles on people's faces, and the participation of of names that have become you know luminaries around the Riverina and the Western Districts area were all there at West Wyalong on on uh, Friday afternoon for for their Carnival Cups meet. The program moves on to Griffith now. We've got a couple of weeks till we till in Griffith, but Griffith do race uh, this week. They've got the first of their races, so um, plenty. Plenty to probably reflect on as best things we saw this week. What, what was yours, Jess? Yeah, mine was just the racing as a whole here on Saturday night. From all the Group 1 events to the Young Guns to the JC Cap and Plate, you were spoilt for choice as a racing fan and it really delivered. There were so many records that tumbled here and credit to everyone involved, participants, owners, the track staff here. Everyone did a fantastic job in making it happen. Jack, apart from uh, the FaceTime with the owner of... <laughs> Organising the party, organising the, the party, and, and a promise there. Uh, what was the best thing you saw this week? Um, I, I think uh, the run of Better Be the Best was something I've never seen a two-year-old go like it, and um, yeah, I think it was just an unbelievable run. But probably something else was um, I was the beneficial of was Jason Grimson's training performance to get Cast No Shadow to win that race. Um, obviously, great mates. I don't want to harp on about him all day. I just he's. Showing now that it's not a fluke, and he knows what he's doing, and for him to be able to turn a horse around like that and win a you know a great race like the Len Smith Mile, um, I, I think that's one of the best things I've seen all week. You're probably diluting your, your own performance with Captain Me, though. You, you obviously drive and train that horse, so you know, well done to you, uh, Freddie. Oh, look, best thing I've seen this week beaten was uh, better be the best. Yeah. I was thrilled for uh, for Taylor Rosman to uh, to get that maiden uh, Metro win. Uh, and Michaela Barnes is doing great things in that Indigenous series, and that was her third victory. Well, uh, Jack, it's great to have you on the show. Um, I think you've got a really interesting story about yeah, it's great to see you perform on the track, and, you, and you, you're just part of the framework here now, and you're part of the furniture if, with, without being in any way disrespectful by that turn of phrase. We, we see you here every Tuesday, every Saturday. You're at Penrith. You're on different tracks around the place. I know that you, you do some work in even take your horses to Bathurst and that. But 
obviously you're from New Zealand. How did we get you here in the first place? I actually come over about, must have been about 10 years ago um, for a job of Shane Tritton just before Lauren lost her junior claim. Um, so yeah, I just jumped to that opportunity when I heard that he was looking for a junior driver and I haven't been home since. And, and so how does that start? Like, it's not as easy as just picking up the phone and saying, hi, oh, I'm, I'm this bloke named Jack Trainer and I want to come over. How, do, how does the, the lead up to that happen? Um, well, it's actually through uh, Mark Jones actually organised that, who in turn 10 years later has been, you know, um, a massive part of my training career as well, obviously handing me over my best mirror at Stylish Memphis. So all that many years ago, he was friends with um, Shane Tritton and he actually sort of said to me, would you consider it? And he done all the talking and, um, yeah, jacked it all up and, uh, yeah, just jumped, jumped on a plane with three suitcases, which is really hard to to manage and um, come straight over. So you get here, and, and you spent time with the, obviously the Trittons are doing great things over in the States at the moment. What was that, was that learning curve so steep that it's got you to where you are now, actually? Yeah, I think so. It um, definitely taught me how to work, I know that. But um, yeah, I, I spent a year there and um, probably just breaking out of New Zealand and, you know, just having to fend for yourself a bit over here at a young age and that probably just helped you grow up pretty quick and... Um, yeah, I, I definitely had to to work for for everything in Newcastle, and um, but it, it obviously opened up the door to getting a job up in Sydney, near closer to Menangle, and um, that's where it all snowballed from there. You've worked for some of the biggest names in racing, as you just mentioned, Shane and Lauren Tritton, Crandall Getty, Kevy Pajudo, Blake Fitzpatrick, and you're now heavily involved in the training side of things. Have you adapted any of their training methods to now how you train your own team today? Yep, definitely. I've um. You know, that, that's the best part of being able to work for so many great trainers is I've just been able to see so many different ways of doing things and, and now my job was just to take what I think is the best out of all of those people's training methods and, and try and put my own little twist on it or do it in my own way and, um, you know, I'm just very grateful that I've been able to have that such good experience and been had such great mentors that have um, obviously been the making of me and, and helped me get to where I am. What was the catalyst to make the decision to train? You, you, as Jess said, you've worked with some great people, but what was the moment where you said, I don't just want to drive in races, I also want to be hands-on with the horses? What, what triggered that? Well, I've always sort of really enjoyed looking after, looking after the horses, even with, if it was um, going away with good horses for other trainers and that, um, even though you're doing as they ask. I've always just... Love looking after horses and putting time into them and care into them. So it's sort of always been there. Um, probably uh, a little bit of it was probably just seeing, obviously, my good mate Jason doing what he was doing and, and how easy it was just to be able to get started at the Menangle Training Centre. So um, probably, yeah, he probably gave me a bit of motivation and um, give me a bit of a push that, you know, he can do it, we can both do it. So, yeah, definitely a bit of credit to him too. And you, and you have set, up, set yourself up there at the, at the training centre, haven't you? Yeah, we have, yeah. So um, obviously when I left Blake's about, I uh, would have been about two years ago, I literally had one horse and one set of hobbles and um, yeah, I've got too many horses and, and heaps <laughs> How many? of heaps yeah, hobbles. How many have you, are you working? I've, I've actually, we've actually turned quite a few out. I've right. only got 13 in work at the moment, which is the lowest number I've been for a, wow. probably you know over a year. So we were, we were up to about 25 there and just wasn't really enjoying it as much and felt like I probably wasn't doing the best job that I could with all of them. So we just cut back the numbers a bit and trying to focus on the quality a bit more than the quantity and um, yeah, really enjoying just doing a smaller number at the moment. So I saw something that you did, you did a video um, going back a few months ago and you talked about the benefits of the training centre and 
you know, obviously property is expensive and we're in a whole new world and, and it allows the opportunity for a startup operation like yourself to be able to go in and, you know, bring your, bring your, your horses in and, and run a whole complete operation, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's a, it's a game changer for us and, um, and, and not only is it just a, you know, it's not just a place to start, but it's just the facilities are, are, are next level. We've got water walkers, treadmills, access to three different tracks, indoor, outdoor boxes. So um, you're not only are you getting a, a good start with, by our, having a place to be, but you're, you're also in a world-class facility as well. So it just gives you every opportunity to make it and, and, and get started. You mentioned Stylish Memphis before. Can you give us an update on, on where she's at? I don't actually really know too much about her. I um. Spoke to Mark a couple of times and she sort of had a bit of a checkered prep as well. She trialled well her first trial, then she was disappointing her next. And I actually just noticed she was scratched out of today at Kaikoura, so I'm not too sure what's going on there, but still had my fingers and toes crossed that she is going to come over and hopefully try and defend that title one more time. But um, yeah, nothing official. You love her, don't you? I do. <laughs> yeah. What, what is it about Stylish Memphis that, that um, yeah, you, you're so endeared to? Oh, she's, well, she's obviously probably. She just fast-forwarded my training career, you know, so probably by five or so years. I'd just be able to get a mare like her put on your lap six months into training. Um, it probably just showed people that if, you know, you can manage her or if, you know, people, Mark Jones and Wayne Higgs entrust mm. them with a mare of her, me with a mare of her quality, then it allowed other people to put trust in me with their horses too. So I think she, that's the main thing. Like, she's a lovely mare to have around and, um, obviously, she's won a couple of really good races now, but I think just how much she's done for my career as, as a single horse, that's probably what makes me love her so much. All right. Well, when you, when you start winning big races, Jack, the, the phone starts ringing a bit more and, and people take a bit more notice of, of your ability. Your ability's always been there, but people start to notice it a, a bit more when, you, when you're winning those big races. Uh, you got something on your radar that you'd love to be part of and, and be, be winning? Uh, I, the Miracle Mile's the race for me. I, I don't know, it's just something about it that... The fast race, and um, obviously I was lucky enough to be a part of that race with Stylish Memphis, and yeah, it's just like a as a driver. I know when I was warming up, it was just sort of like a air, real eerie feeling when you're out on the track and the national anthem that's playing, and um, yeah, probably the Miracle Mile is the race that I'd love to win. Yeah, okay. Well, mate, I, it is great to have you here. <laughs> hey, I, I stressed that at the top of the show that that was the key criteria, Jake. Just make sure you turn up today. And as I said, he's here early. He's, he's star been, performer. Super, super diligent, and he's done done a bit of media today, and and it's been super um, well deserved too because your performances the other night, as you said, it mightn't be life changing, but it certainly can be a defining moment in, in your life, and uh, and I think you achieved that. And like we said, to get one group one, you'd you'd walk away a very content uh, participant, I would have thought, but to get two within the space of an hour, that's pinch me stuff. So well done, well done, Thank congratulations. You. All right, well, Jack, I, I don't know if you know, but the, the two um, people sitting next to me, my, my regulars, just keep tipping winners for fun and identifying what, what's on, what's coming up. We've had Sophia Averson was on here and she tipped a winner and it won within about half an hour of a, of a specking it. Uh, Blake mentioned Caligula Blake, back to yeah. the mile and he came out and won it yep. that following Saturday. Yep. So the, the premise on that is the pressure's on mate you got, you got to, the listeners tune in I think if not so much for the chat which I'm sure they tune in today they want to know what what, our, what it, the mail is have you got something that's um, well it's a, bit, a little bit tough I don't none of the fields are out yet but um, I, I am dropping this is um, Jason Grimson stuff tipping before the field's even out <laughs> but, uh, I am dropping Luke John back to Penrith on Thursday night and he's actually been racing really well he'll get into a good race with Jack Brown with his claim so 
um, without seeing the nominations or the field, I expect him to you know be a really good show, um, dropping back in class. Hey, quick comment on Jack. He's he's a super talent, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's, he's going really well, Jacko, and um, he is a great kid. He's a, a hard worker, and he's coming along in leaps and bounds, and he's a massive asset to my stable, so I'm very lucky to have him. He's a and thinker, Jack, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Like, yeah, he yeah. thinks things through. and Yep. Yeah, no, he's going to go a long way, Jacko. He's um, yeah, great, great kid. And uh, he was part of that Young Stars Invitational race that we talked about at the top. He was there in the photo. He was very focused. Out of all of them, I reckon that the focus, I reckon he was the most kind of locked in. I reckon out of all of them, it was interesting seeing the body. He's an intense young man. Yeah. yeah. And he like did a, have his first group one drive as well yeah, on exactly. Saturday night. Yeah. So he definitely would have been thinking yeah. about that. Did you talk to him like did he did he pick your brain at all? Like I'm having my first group one drive and like do you guys have those type of conversations? Oh he he does. He asks questions. Um, you know, he he was pretty cool and collected. I think he um wasn't a lot of pressure there and um obviously driving for Mickey Daltoff, he probably had it already all sorted out for him. But yeah, I I could tell that he was had a bit of a presence about him on Saturday morning and was definitely excited. So it's uh, definitely not going to be his first, uh, last group one, that's for sure. Yeah, good stuff. What do, what do you got for us, Fred? Uh, on Thursday just gone, there was a great race. It was race seven for memory where there was five or six horses across the track and then right behind them on their hammer were another three or four. Panacea's Seal goes well at Penrith, was beaten six metres and uh, Cam drove nowhere to go at all for the horse and I think uh, in an easy race at Penrith... With a decent draw, Panacea Seal is worth following. Okay, good stuff, Jess. Um, I'm heading back down to Riverina Paceway last Tuesday. A two-year-old for Bruce Harpley by the name of Sporting Rage. It was really luckless in the run, but it hit the line in a 26-9 last quarter. So I definitely think it's one to follow. All right, well, you've both been on fire with these. So good luck to the punters out there if you're following in Fred Jess and, of course, uh, Luke John. Yeah, yeah Luke uh, John, John at Penrith on Thursday. Keep an eye out for that. Well, as you know, we're, this, we're obviously it's Monday when we're recording this and that's because we're not racing at Menangle tomorrow. If, you know, the, the race that stops the nation in the, in the gallops in the thoroughbreds uh, is the Melbourne Cup. Obviously, there's a huge race here in, in Sydney as well. Um, and so, hence, there's no, race, no metro racing at Menangle tomorrow. However, there, are, there is a lot of racing going on right across the state this week that, that is worth keeping an eye for. A 10-race card at Goulburn today. I know a lot of the metro participants will be, will be in action uh, at that Wagga tomorrow Now that's post Melbourne Cup I would have thought That's going to be A great atmosphere On track there At the Riverina Paceway They, they kick off at 5.43 So I can see people Really making that Righto We've had a, we've had a day Watching the Melbourne Cup Now we're off to The Riverina Paceway I think they get, that's going to be a, a good atmosphere There on track um, Certainly plenty of opportunities to, um, to continue your investment As the night goes on uh, Chase yes. Chasing the, If you don't have any luck At the cup You've got Wagga so. Chase or pour <laughs> the, the, pour the profits in the get out like that. I'm not sure what it is um, Thursday Tamworth and Penrith Friday we're at Newcastle And of course we're back here At Menangle On the weekend We've got Griffith And Blaney on the weekend as well Two of our, our Regional tracks That are going to start their, their, um, their campaign With the lead up To Carnival of Cups So plenty of racing To keep an eye out for It's obviously I guess nice to have a little bit of a break tomorrow too, Freddie, but um, yeah, you know, we something need it different. after Saturday something, night. Something different, uh, yeah, something a bit different, but uh, should be a great day. Whatever you do tomorrow, don't forget, Wagga's first race is at 5.43. <laughs> yes. All right, well, it's, uh, it's been a great show, Jack. We really appreciate you coming in, giving up your time to, to be part of it. I know that the it's – I love reflecting on achievement, and that's what we have. We are a, we are a results-driven industry where achievement happens several times several you know every day of the week so 
well done, mate. It's um, you know, you, you you really did exceed, um, you know, maybe beyond your own expectations as you as you've sort of touched on. But I don't think it would be any of a surprise to anyone who's who's followed your journey over the ten years that you sort of talked us through because um because you're going places. So well done, thank Freddie. you. Big week. Well done, Saturday night. Thank you. Yeah, it was a great night. Great night of racing. Yep. And Jess? Yeah. I just well, don't want to forget track. to mention this Saturday night will be our first race meeting with the Racing for Prostate Cancer Silks out. So every number four saddlecloth that wins here at Clubman Angle will be donating $400. Harness Racing will also be donating $400 to Prostate Cancer Foundation Australia. And Tab Corp have also thrown in $5,000 to the campaign. And there's a fundraising dinner here on Saturday the 19th of November. So tickets are available for that from the Clubman Angle website. Good point. And I know that the clubs around the state are getting on board with that too with different ways. You know, So if, if number four wins... Um you had a number four on the weekend, didn't you? I think you had a Captain couple. Of, me was, yeah, yeah, Captain, Captain me, me was yes, number four. Was so bang, that would have been money into the kitty for the Prostate Cancer Foundation. Uh, wonderful cause. I mean, and that's one of the things that our industry does really well is we 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 get around these these great charitable endeavours. Um, we, you know, we, we participate every year in Team Teal and and, and pacing for pink. A lot of money into that pacing for pink. Yes, and now to be able to support you know a really serious men's health issue. Uh, I think it's something that the industry can be super proud of, you know, led by Harness Racing New South Wales Club and Angle and Tabcor with our clubs now coming on board. So, Jack, if you're number four, keep that in the back of your mind that you're racing for a much grander cause. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Cast no shadow was four as well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. I'm just trying to think, yeah. Oh, we, should, we should have started, we should have started a couple of nights ago. Before. Harness yeah. Racing, they can throw that in, surely. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, John. <laughs> All right, well, we will be back next week on our usual time side of Tuesday morning. To everyone out there who's tuning in, thank you for joining us. Please make sure you, you tell everyone about the Sprint Lane. Uh, give us a follow, a like. Maybe a positive comment on the the Apple Podcast thread if you if you have the opportunity. But we really do appreciate your support, and we will be back next week with another episode of the Sprint Lane. Mm-hmm.